Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, welcome to Roundtable, where we serve up piping hot debates on the issues that sizzle in China and beyond. I'm Niu Honglin. From today on, we'd like to invite you to embark on a captivating journey through China's winter heartlands, with each destination unfurling its own snowy narrative. From the mystical expanse of Xinjiang's frozen wonders to the vibrant icy festivities of northeast China and onto the Olympic slopes of Chongli, each story is woven with threads of culture, tradition, and modern allure. And our first stop is Xinjiang, with snow-capped peaks and ancient villages, where every icy gust tells a tale of history and every ski trail beacons with adventure. Prepare to be captivated by the charm of a place where winter isn't just a season, it's a celebration. Also, the dawn of a new year symbolizes fresh beginnings, and this is when many people consider having a fresh start in a fresh new city. While adventure in an unfamiliar place can bring excitement, relocating is somewhat painful or at least challenging both physically and mentally. Today, Roundtable invites you to discuss the sweat and smiles of moving and provide you with some invaluable insights and golden tips to ease the transition. For today's show, I'm joined by Gao Junya in the studio and Joshua Cotterell on the line. Now grab your virtual compass and follow us to the heart of the discussion. Among China's vast, diverse landscapes, Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region has emerged as a captivating destination. The snow-capped mountains, the glistening ice surfaces, and the high-level ski resorts all attract visitors to immerse themselves in the icy and snowy wonderland. Some data shows that the number of tourists in Xinjiang in 2023 increased by over 111% compared to the previous year. And we all have this huge excitement and huge, I would even say, a wish to go visit Xinjiang. And here in the studio, we have Junya, who have just visited Xinjiang two months ago. How was the overall impression? You know, actually, I have this opportunity to visit this uh, whole snow-capped mountains in northern Xinjiang just this past December, but it was canceled. It's, it was quite a pity for <laughs> me. But yes, I did visit Xinjiang in November, last November. And I went to the southern part of Xinjiang, the region of Kashi and Kyrgyz Autonomous Prefecture. And that was my first visit to Xinjiang. Honestly, it was really amazing. You know, on the plane, I could find those... Uh, mountains, basically all of the mountains, you know, I saw they are kept with snow. And definitely they are permanent snow because in November, uh, I'm not sure, maybe in northern Xinjiang, it snowed at that time. But in southern Xinjiang, it was quite not that cold, but amazing sceneries over there. And also um, quite different culture. They offer different cuisines with dancing and their own instruments. So yeah, it was quite a different experience for me. And 
I'm still longing to go, you know, for another visit, maybe in northern Xinjiang. Definitely, Xinjiang is quite an amazing place, and I have my fair share of touring there myself. I think the longest trip took me around one month, actually over a month, so some forty days or something. And I、uh, traversed from the northern part to the southern part and back to the heart of the region. So the Middle part, and yes, Junyuan was quite right when she said that this is an area where you can basically experience different landscapes. There are forests, there are rivers, there are mountains, and even deserts. And people there are amazing. So, Josh, can you provide us with some facts and figures about the current situation, recent numbers about the tourist industry, as well as the winter sports, winter tourism in Xinjiang? Sure. So, according to a tourism statistical survey, in the first eleven months of 2023, Xinjiang received more than 255 million both domestic and international tourists, which is a year-on-year -year increase of almost 112 percent, which set, unsurprisingly, a new record for tourist receptions. The total tourism revenue reached 285 billion yuan, which is 40 billion U.S. dollars, which is a year-on-year -year increase of 217 percent. So. Xinjiang's tourism industry is definitely entering a crucial golden period, and it seems like there's a lot of potential. Also, the number of winter sports facilities is increasing year on year. Now, with 101 ski resorts, 27 ice skating rinks, and 60 snow and ice amusement parks across the entire region. Furthermore, Xinjiang fully utilizes resources such as scenic areas, parks. Ice and snow venues and snow towns to organize events like ice and snow photography exhibitions, ice carving exhibitions, snow sculpture exhibitions,、um, which definitely brings a lot more、uh, variety of winter tourism、um, events and products and stuff to the region. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, when it comes to famous and major tourist attractions, you would imagine that if this place is famous for being、um, exquisitely beautiful, for providing a fairy tale landscape, for being very green or very, let's say, the kind of combination between or the combination of mountains and grasslands where you can enjoy horseback riding, then you would imagine this place would have peak seasons. The best season to visit. For example, when I first think about visiting Xinjiang, I would ask around, "When is the best time to visit this place?" Because definitely there should be peak seasons and non-peak seasons. But this,、uh, we get to see that nowadays Xinjiang is being very smart by transforming these supposed to be non-peak seasons, being winter time, into peak seasons because they have started to include, to invent, to basically utilize. Their special resources to come up with these new ideas to make the non-peak season, that is the winter time, a very hot period of time for people to enjoy. And one very important factor is their winter sports. By introducing different kinds of winter sports, they get to attract more tourists. But Before doing that, actually, I think local people have been benefiting from their winter sports resources already. 
Yes, we know Xinjiang actually has been actively promoting and popularizing winter sports in schools. Currently, there are fifty-six primary and secondary schools, and seven universities there offer specialized ice and snow sports courses. And around forty-six thousand students have participated, and ninety-three schools in the region have been recognized as school featured with winter sports. For example, in Xinjiang's Altai city in northern Xinjiang, it has incorporated skiing into physical education for primary and secondary school students. And besides this school education, we know that Xinjiang's snow economy is mainly based on tourists from outside. Personally, I've met some tourists from Melbourne, a family actually from、uh, Melbourne, Australia. They traveled. Sixteen hours to Altai specifically, and enjoy the skiing and snow skateboarding over there. And they're saying they've noticed some improvement of their facilities over there because they are saying they were enjoying the skiing on the mountain. And then after five minutes, they can go back to their hotel and enjoy a hot bath. Yeah, yeah, it is. So I think Xinjiang is really speeding up its efforts. To develop this this whole let's say this snow and ice economy, its advantage, right? Like you said, it has plenty of resources, especially in the northern side.、Mm. And we get to see that by facilitating or let's say improving the infrastructure for these snow and ice sports, not only tourists are benefiting, local students, local people are also enjoying all these different facilities and different environments. And we get to see that a lot of middle school students. Students, primary school students in Xinjiang or around that area would start enjoy this ice and snow study tours. They would visit different places and enjoy winter sports. I think these are not. Like sports, sports. It's more like、uh, entertainment. You get to ski a little bit、mm. or ride these. I don't think they are bobsled. They're more not as professional, but definitely playing with snow in different ways. And I know for sure that Josh is a huge soccer fan. You love football. Are you familiar with snow football? Um, well, I've played football in the snow because I'm from England, and、um, we had to do that. I've even played football in the snow in China, actually,、um, during one match. But I, I assume you're talking about something slightly different. Yes, I am. Actually, the snow soccer I'm talking about is the one that's been played in Rumuchi. And with the temperature dipping near minus twenty Celsius, this is a good warm up for people to, you know, play a little bit of snow soccer. According to school principal, the soccer delivers benefits for both pupils as well as the teachers. The snow soccer can teach kids to overcome difficulties and give them confidence and、um, to, you know, enjoy this relatively different kinds of sports in the winter. Environment, and that is what we're talking about here. So, not only are tourists enjoying the resources of snow sports in Xinjiang, local people are enjoying as well. And actually, on December twenty second, Xinjiang officially launched a brand new winter cultural and tourism super IP. They call it the Hot Snow Festival, and ignites a craze for ice and snow sports and tourism in the region, helping Xinjiang establish itself as a world class ice and snow tourism. Destination, according to data released by the Cultural and Tourism Department in Xinjiang, various cities and prefectures will hold a total of nearly 
300 winter tourism activities during this winter and the coming spring. And actually, from 2022 to 2023, Xinjiang hosts 12 major sporting events, a total of 16 times in different places, communities, counties, and rural areas. And they will collectively organize around 3,500 ice and snow-related activities, leading to doubling of both the number and tourists and tourism revenue compared to previous years. So yes, winter sports is definitely a Highlight of the winter tourism industry in Xinjiang, but one thing I can think of about the situation in Xinjiang is that I think we've mentioned in the earlier part of the show that is this is a place with variety of landscapes, and sometimes even in one day you get to see grasslands, you get to see forests, river, mountains, as well as desert. That means all these different landscapes would be totally different if they are snow-capped, if they are enjoying beautiful thick snows. So you get to do something with the snow and change the look of the destination totally. So what are some specific natural features that make Xinjiang that attractive a winter destination? Do we have some examples? Yes, of course. You know, on Altai, actually, it has always been my dream place because I've read about it in Li Juan's book. Ah,、oh, yeah, that, yeah, that popular writer who's been writing stories about her life in Xinjiang over the past like thirty or forty years, and her books are quite popular. And she's also eluded a little bit information about the winter in Altai, and she's saying that. The winter in Altai actually, can you imagine? It's it lasts around six months, and the snow can be ten meters high, and so this is actually the resources of the you know the local communities. For example, Hemu Village in Altai, it has a unique charm with its quiet and、uh, dynamic atmosphere. It has some ancient and distinctive wooden houses, and the largest skiing destination in Asia. That's why it attracts a multitude of domestic and international tourists. And there, the snow is astonishingly heavy. And since December, the snow depth is generally around one meter. And in specific terrains such as mountain gaps, the snow depth can be even greater. The snow in Hemu has very little water content. That means it has great quality for skiing, extremely light and dry. And the snow and the altitude have made it a great place for skiing enthusiasts. And the roofs of、uh, houses in Hemu are mostly in the shape of a triangle. You know why? Because it has to facilitate the sliding of snow from the roof to avoid damaging the houses. This is also mentioned in Li Juan's book, I think.、Mm. Yeah, she was actually talking about how she has a three hundred thousand square meters、uh, yard and house, and it was very hard for her and her mom to clean the yard because the snow came every day, and each snow is heavier than you know the previous one. So they tried very hard to carve out paths, but even the paths is not that the so-called path. It's filled with snow and ice. <laughs>、mm. But this is life in Xinjiang and、yes. Altai. Actually, I've had the pleasure and I would say privilege of living in Hemu for one night, and it was quite cold. And、mm-hmm. I was living in this little cottage made of wood. So during 
I think it's only、uh, October. It's already very cold and、uh, but very very beautiful. And like you said, it is already、uh, filled with snow. The whole land it's like a fairy tale area. It reminds you of the kind of story you've read about Santa's home. You know, it's not Santa's home, but it's it's kind of like that. So I was wondering, Josh, have you ever lived in an area that is covered with snow in the Little cottage. If you ever visit such place, what would you expect to see, or what would be some factors for you to decide whether or not it's a good tourist destination, fulfilling your desires? Yeah, well, I have lived somewhere like that actually. I、um, quite a long time ago, I used to live in Moscow, and so I spent、um, quite a lot of time in the snow,、um, and I visited a lot of places. Uh, surrounding that area as well, that were also covered in snow,、uh, such as Saint Petersburg, which, if anybody's ever been there during the winter, will know that the conditions are extremely harsh.、Um, a little cottage in the snow.、Uh, I've I've stayed in a few of those as well, for sure. In the north of England, there's a lot of them.、Um, I mean, as a tourist, I think that the factors that you need to consider are really are more about what you want to do on that holiday rather than to be prepared for it, because most of the time, hopefully, you're Your cottage and where you're staying is well equipped for the conditions, especially if those conditions are frequent throughout that year. So it should have、um, sufficient heating and stuff like that. But obviously, going somewhere that's cold, you're going to be doing a lot more different activities than you would if you were going somewhere that is hot, right?、Um, and I think that a, a lot of it, to me, a lot of activities seem to be to do with heat. So there was always there was usually some sort of sa- sa- sauna. Or something like this, or a banya, I think it's called, and these kind of places nearby.、Um, and I think that although there's a lot of snow sports activities that you can do, usually when you go somewhere cold like that, it's a place to sort of relax and cozy up. And for me, most of most of the time, whenever I've been anywhere like that, I've just read a lot and like finished several books. So that's usually what I. Quite, it's synonymous with snow, snowy getaways for me as reading. I hope that answers your question. It's not an easy one for me to answer. It's actually a really good answer, and I like the expression "snow getaway" because that's what I look for as well. If I'm visiting somewhere with a great landscape and very beautiful in winter time, I'd like to stay in the little cottage, making myself cozy and warm with a book in my hand. But in the meantime,、uh, Xinjiang does not only provide you with the environment like that; they also provide you with a lot of different activities. I have personally visited an art. RV land or RV base in Xinjiang. You get to actually live in your car, making it cozy. You can use it to move to different places as well. So that is quite another perk. But coming back to different activities in Xinjiang during winter time, what are some very attractive ones that we'd like to highlight on the show? And also in Ili Kazakh Autonomous Prefecture in Xinjiang, it's been developing the a tourism and ski model aims to attract visitors throughout all four seasons. Ili has abundant snow and ice resources in recent years, aiming to diversify the tourism development pattern beyond the traditional focus on summer sightseeing. The local authorities have actively developed a scenic area 
Plus ski resort model. They have introduced cultural and tourism enterprises to support the upgrading of winter tourism formats, providing visitors with an excellent experience of winter tourism. And also, data indicates that a new tourism pattern of tourism in all seasons is taking shape in Ili Kazakh. Autonomous prefecture, and in November alone, the region received 3.7 million domestic tourists, achieving a tourism revenue of of more than 3 billion yuan, or that's over 400 million U.S. dollars. And the development tourism also helps increase the income of local residents. That's quite important. The manager in charge in a certain scenic area said that the driving force of developing tourism throughout the year is increasingly prominent, and the scenic area has solved employment for 25,000 people through tourism, with an annual per capita income increase of over 18,000 yuan. That is some very solid and important information, especially Wan Junya's sharing information about tourism industry benefiting local people. I think it's quite important because I know another example that is the Kakto Cay, or in Chinese, Kuko Tuo Hai. That area used to be a place mainly focusing on agricultural industry. They would plant different kinds of, I. Th- Think they're planting different kinds of berries, and they would live this relatively primitive kind of lifestyle, which means local villagers would not be able to have a super abundant yearly revenue. And later on, when it started to become this ski resort, that now actually a lot of local people get to. Host B and Bs get to be the trainer for people to learn horseback riding, to play different winter sports, or just recreation activities in snow. They are making much more money than previously. Actually, with the support of local government, I know one woman said that she. Renovated her house and started operating as a homestay, and she can make around one hundred thousand yuan per year, which is quite impressive for her family. And currently, more than one hundred and eighty people from there, just their one little village, are employed in the scenic area and ski resorts. And tourism income accounts for seventy percent of little village in Kaktokay's annual income. In the meantime, Josh, I was wondering because we have listed a lot of different activities. Activities in winter time in our research here, and also we've talked about some already. What would be some of the activities that you would like to try? Because I know you have never visited Xinjiang before, but let's say if you have the chance to go there and enjoy some of the winter activities and winter sports in Xinjiang, what would be the ones that you'd like to try? I think definitely skiing, and I know that's maybe a little bit of a boring answer, but I- I've been skiing a few times, and because skiing. In Europe is usually pretty expensive,、um, unless you're from a town that happens to be near one of the mountainous regions、um, where you can ski. But if you're from the UK, like myself, going to ski in Europe it can be quite an expensive venture. Going to the Alps or something like that. There are areas that are cheaper, but、um, so to to answer your question, it would be skiing because the few times that I have been skiing,、um, it's just. The most incredible way to see scenery, and I think that anybody who's a skiing enthusiast,、um, and I wouldn't say that I've been enough to be, but the few times that I have, I, I've been sold on it. Is that when you get to the top of the mountain on the chairlift, and you're just among this white desert of snow and mountain tops and things like this, it's just one of the most thrilling and stunning experiences 
of, of one's life. I mean, it was for me. So I, I think that there's nothing else that I'd want to do other than go skiing there and see the mountains up close and be amongst them. So so that trumps everything for me. I mean, some of the other activities uh, I, I, I definitely would be interested in. I mean, horseback riding and things like this. Snow soccer, probably wouldn't be that bothered about doing snow snow soccer, to be honest. I play enough soccer at, when it's not snowing. So um, probably whoever I'd go with would be annoyed or roll their eyes if I said I was going to play snow soccer. So probably give soccer a break. But skiing for me, what about you guys? I've never tried any winter sports before. It's a pity for me. And although I came from northern China and, you know, the city who was hosting the Beijing Olympic Games, the Winter Olympic Games, but I'd like to try new things to have new experiences. So definitely skiing is on my list. Anything, you know, related to winter sports. Yeah, for me, it would be bobsled and skeleton, but definitely the very safe and children level protected way because I cannot imagine myself sliding or sledding head first lying on a skeleton or a bobsled like that but this sounds like a very interesting sport. Well, the chill of Xinjiang's winter is matched only by the warmth of its welcome. With our journey through this frosty heart coming to an end, we're left with a sense of awe for the region's transformation, a testament to the power of tourism done right. In the following days, Roundtable will continue to take you to other winter wonderlands here in China to see how they tell their unique frosty tales. Don't miss the fun. It's Roundtable with myself, Niu Honglin, Gao Junya, and Josh Cotterell. Coming up in the second half, we'll talk about relocating. Whether you're a seasoned mover or a first-time adventurer, we've got tips, stories, and insights to make your relocation a breeze. Stick around, everybody. We'll be back after the break. Music 